Human behavior has always been a mystery. Why do people do what they do? Why do they react one way when we expected something else? How do we learn to understand, connect with, enroll, engage, align with people most effectively? Hi, I'm Christine Kemaford, founder of Smart Tribes Institute, and welcome to our Smart Tribes Crack the Behavior Code podcast. In each episode, you'll learn practical, easy to use tools to better understand and change human behavior. These tools will help your team outperform, outengage, outsell the competition. In other words, to become a smart tribe. Oh, and you'll find these tools super helpful in your personal life too. Let's go. Hi, I'm Christine Cumberford of Smart Tribes Institute, and welcome to Inside Leadership. And I have an awesome guest with me today, Christine Crandall. I have known her for, oh my gosh, over 20 years. And what's cool about Christine is that she is the president of New Business Strategies. She is a customer experience expert. She is a B2B marketing expert. She has worked with over 100 B2B companies throughout the US, Europe, North America, Australia. She's recognized as an expert. She's won tons of different industry awards, but here's my favorite part. Clients who work with her on average, which means it can be higher, get 40 to 50% increase in revenue and ROI. So she knows what she is doing. She is a marketing guru. She's a frequent speaker. She's written over 300 articles. She's just the sort of person that you want to have on your team. She is the author, the creator of the Seller's Compass methodology. And you can find her at, at Chris Crandall. Dot com, excuse me, Chris, at Chris Crandall, that's on Twitter, and it's at C-H-R-I-S-C-R-A-N-D-E-L-L, and she will be answering a bunch of questions for us today, because I think she's kind of a smart, interesting person, so welcome, Christine. Thank you, Christine. It's a real pleasure to be here, and also a real honor, and I feel no pressure now at all. <laughs> We're just going to have some fun. We're just going to have some fun. So, um, you know, one way that we learn, right, is through conflict, is through difficulty, is through some stress. And the pandemic has been really rough on humans in general. So I'm curious, what have you learned or what are you learning from the pandemic? Uh, you know, that's a really, it's, you know, a really interesting question. Um, when the pandemic hit, okay, um, I kind of looked, I kinda, and we all went into lockdown, right, and we all had no toilet paper, and I still have yet to figure that one out, um, and I sort of looked at it and said, you know, there, there's one or two paths that I can take, right, I can go with everybody else and go, oh my god, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, or I can say, in, in this, right, is opportunity, so what is that opportunity, and in, it's here, right? You know, yes, it's a pandemic, but, but, you know, it's here. And I viewed it as an opportunity because, you know, we're all isolated, or at least I'm isolated in my, my own little bubble that I've just sort of like manufactured around me. And, and I said, this is a great opportunity to spend so much time with myself to really kind of get and do a lot of work on myself. So how do I grow spiritually? How do I understand 
myself, um, which is something that I have not spent a lot of time on historically. Um, and how do I learn to love myself, which I recognize has been a really big deal for me. Uh, so I've come, this has been a phenomenal, this is, and you know, I almost feel bad saying this because it has been, this pandemic has been so devastating to so many people, but it has been this incredible opportunity for me on so many levels to, to understand my triggers, to reaffirm my boundaries, to really understand the behavior that, that I really want to be seen for and how people see me and the behavior that I, I will or will not, you know, accept from others. So um, I'm very grateful. Very great. Yay. Hey, it's really cool to see a business leader that's doing the introspective work, because I think um, this has been a great opportunity for all of us to do introspection. And when people see others and leaders doing introspection, it sort of like weirdly gives them permission to do it too, or, or moves it maybe up their stack, if you will. So thank you for sharing that. Um, what project or challenge are you working on right now that's like really kind of exciting to you? It is, one is a big one, which is self-talk, right? Um, uh, you know, we tell stories to ourselves and I've been very busy over the last, you know, many, many years, decades um, of just repeating stories that were told to me when I was a child, you know, you're not this, you're not that, you're not this, you're not that. And, and now I'm consciously catching myself when I hear those stories or I'm telling myself those stories, or, you know, I manufacture stories about a situation that doesn't exist, uh, which you know, <laughs> I have nothing to do with. Right. And I'm like, where did that come from? It's not relevant, you know, be gone. Um, so that really is my, my project now, uh, coupled with a couple of other things, but it's, it's amazing how stubborn the brain is. And it's also amazing and how sneaky the brain is. And you're like, wait, what? You know, no, no, no. Cancel, cancel. Yeah. And, and it's also, I find amazing how resilient the brain is. <laughs> But it does take repetition because those grooves, it's called heavy and potentiation, if we're going to totally geek out, um, is where those grooves, like a grooves in an LP, are worn down. And yeah, to myelinate, to create new um, neural pathways, we have to wire certain neurons together so that they fire together. So, and yeah, we can do that consciously. Yeah. So um, cool. Good. Thank you for doing that. Um, you know, the Dalai Lama said a while back, if just a million of us, only a million, wake up, right? Really wake up to the truth of who we are, to the God that we are, et cetera, it'll shift the entire consciousness of the whole planet. So I'm just working on like trying to be one of those 1 million. <laughs> All right, cool. How do you navigate the hard stuff? Oh, conflict, tragedy, anger, upset in general. How do you do it? Um, yeah, I think part, you know, there's there's an old saying, I don't know who made it up, but I, that not everything deserves a response. And, uh, and I found historically that, and I still do it now and again, is that, oh my God, I get an email and right away I have to respond, right? And, and I'm now going back and going, you know, some things and to some people, I will always respond because I care about the situation or I care about that individual 
or, but oftentimes I look at this and saying, um, stop and saying, first of all, do I have anything to do with this, right? Do, do I really, does that, do I really care, right? Do I really, do I really care? You know, overcoming that conditioning of, of, oh my God, I need to respond. I need to jump in and solve someone else's problem when that's not at all what they want. You know, they just want to vent. So the other is looking at triggers. You know, there's certain things that trigger me, which goes back to the self-talk. And, um, and I'm trying to consciously, uh, some days are good, some days are not, um, consciously slow down to understand and ask that question, ask two questions. One question is, um, where is this trigger coming from? You know, uh, and the other question is, uh, so this situation that's in front of me is in front of me for a reason. Why is that? What is the lesson to be learned? And, and that's a really huge change for me um, because I never stopped and asked, you know, why is this individual in my life? Why is that? Why did that situation happen? And um, now I'm starting to say, what is it that I'm supposed to learn? And some of those lessons is to basically just don't get involved um, it, and to basically say, you know, I, I, what really is going on here? So I'm not sure if I'm answering it very clearly, but I kind of ask those lessons. Um, there are still triggers and there are still people that trigger me, but I'm trying to also, I'm really working on viewing it from a different perspective. Like this person who is totally annoying in my life that I can't get rid of my life is in my life for a particular reason. And in one instance, I saw that in, in some ways it was a mirror of me, right? It was a mirror of, yeah. Yeah, I tend to be a little OCD. I tend, I tend to have some control, you know, like I like to control things and fiercely independent. Um, and then I'm like, oh, wow, I'm dealing with myself. And <laughs> that's not, <laughs> not really cool <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, the inquiry is so important. The getting curious is so important because only then can we pop out and be the witness. Yeah. yeah. I was working with a young woman recently and she was, she was saying, you know, you're not respecting me. And I was like, hmm, am I not respecting her? I actually feel like I am. I wonder mm -hmm. what story she's making up. And then I thought about Byron Katie's four questions. You know, is it true? Yeah, it's true. You're not respecting me. Is it true all the time? No, you respect me sometimes. Um, How does it make you feel? Lousy, powerless, disrespected, you know, not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Turn it around. Well, I'm not respecting her. She's not respecting her. Ooh, I'm not respecting me. You know, mm -hmm. she didn't quite get it you know, because she's quite young. But I think it's so interesting when people want to get respected, but they don't get that, like, it's an inside job. Yeah. You know, people will respect you or not. It doesn't matter. You know, if it triggers you, it means you haven't done your, your self-respect work. Otherwise, it'll be like, you suck. Is that so? You're amazing. Is that so? Because <laughs> you know your own internal self-worth. So I think uh, this is kind of a cool chance for people to do that introspection. Um, this is one of my favorite uh, questions. So Fred Rogers, right, Mr. Rogers, talked about those that loved us into being. And um, who loved you into being? Or what loved you into being? Because it can be a pet or nature or whatever. What loved you into being who you are now? You know, and that's 
Equally interesting question. I'm an only child um, and my father died when I was very young and I've been estranged from my mother who subsequently passed away some years ago um, for, you know, for decades, right? And um, so really, you know, that's a question that causes me really to think. And the response, you know, the response is, um, you know, one is his spirit, my dad's spirit. Mm -hmm was very influential and um you know and then you start to look around it you know I've had many friends you know many many friends that have been there for me that believed in me when I didn't believe in myself and so they loved me and being in the process of learning to love myself um I also have to give a lot of credit to you know to my husband because in many ways um he was not afraid of a strong woman. He was, you know, he was not afraid of someone who could um, had their own opinions and, and, you know, didn't try to crush that, didn't try to, you know, he did try to do whatever he could to bolster it. So, so um, you know, I also learned along the way, which has been interesting, especially in COVID, because it's even now even more apparent, is that we do have guardian angels and I don't know what everybody calls them differently. This is what I call them. And they have been there. And when it's nice and quiet, as it has been for the past nine months, they're very active. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about listening. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so, nice. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't say I, you know, I think it's I'm more a lot of people have loved me into being in, in, in fractions or in different ways that it all comes together. Nice. Still work process. nice. You did touch on people who believed in you. Anything else do you want to add on who believes in you or who in the past or who believes in you now when you don't believe in yourself? Yeah, I, I was taught um, by, and I didn't know it at the time, um, and I recognize it later. Um, I had an aunt, so again, mind you, you know, I'm strange from everybody in my family because of the, you know, how family dynamics are, they're always so, so entertaining. Um, but I had, my father had a sister and, uh, she had taught me unconditional love mm. and it was in, you don't see that until years later. I mean, she passed away many, many years ago, but, um, we come from two entirely different worlds. Right. I, I have nothing in common with her world and she she can barely relate to my world. But in that process, she was always there. Right. And she always checked in. And I have a very, very good friend who um, has equally taught me unconditional love. I see it in her relationship with her daughters um, and I see it in her relationship with me where there is no judgment. She's mm -hmm. fed me, wiped my tears. She's, you know, rooted for me. Um, and that is you know, amazing. So um, precious. So what are two words, only two, that kind of summarize how you've become who you are now? Mm. Tenaciously striving. <laughs> Tenaciously striving. Thank you. <laughs> now see what bubbles up. Two words that you're kind of in now 
as you're becoming who you're becoming to themes, whatever, to things, themes, words, whatever, that sort of epitomize how you're becoming who you're becoming next. Oh, um, you know, what I'm striving to become next, you know, as I look at what chapter I am in my life and my career is maybe not the right words, but, you know, I'm at that point where I want to give back, right? So that's sort of a really big thing for me right now. And so I would love to be a wise muse. Wise muse. (laughs) Nice. Okay, good. That's inspiring. I like that feels good. Um, How would you like to be remembered when you're gone? And maybe wise muse is it. I do not know. I actually don't want to be remembered. I, I have no interest in legacy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, my, what drives me is to make impact in other people's lives. And there's lots of people that I have made impact on that have no idea that I've done anything. And, and, and so I have no relationship to this concept of legacy. To me, mm-hmm. legacy comes from ego. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I was here before and I'll be back again. <laughs> because I know I didn't learn all the lessons that I was supposed to learn. So I'm going to be able to redo them again. Um, so I, it, it just, to me that, that I have no, no interest in legacy. I am, however, do have interest in seeing others move forward. If they yeah. remember, that's great. And if they don't remember, that's okay too. Yeah. What matters is that they move forward. Yeah. 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 They got the support. Good. What wisdom, mantra, message from your life would you like to share with us? little nugget that we could reflect on? Oh, I have lots. Um, you know, I think this is one that goes back to this, you know, fiercely striving is what's right is not always popular and what's popular is not always right. I didn't <laughs> Somebody else did many, many hundreds of years ago. I don't remember, but it's so very true. Um, And I think sometimes we have to just remember, or at least I remember that, you know, we have to do what is right. And nowadays, oftentimes it's easier just to turn a blind eye because they don't want to get involved. Right. So so it's, it's that, Um, you know, and, and, I have really gotten into meditation, you know, um, and so there's one saying, phrase, I'm hoping I'm translating this correctly, that really resonates with me, and that is Sat Chit Ananda, Truth, Consciousness, Bliss, Yeah. Um, and to me that, you know, that to me is like, am I being truthful, am I being here, Um, and am I, you know, am I striving for bliss, so... Yeah, thank you. So we've been talking about kind of who you are as a human. Where can we find out who you are as a leader in the business world? If, we, if people want to learn more about you. Sure. Um, we have a web, I have a website uh, that talks about what we do. Um, it's got a very quirky d- domain name, so I will spell it. So it's N as in Nancy, E as in Edward, W is in Wayne, B is in boy, I is in Iris, Z is in zebra, S is in Sam. The other way is just simply Google Christine Crandall. <laughs> and it's C R A N D E L L, but it's New Biz S, 
right. Like new biz, biz strategies. Yeah. Newbizs.com. Long story is, but yes, if you Google me, you'll, you will find me. Cool. Thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it and your wisdom. Thank you, Christine, for the invitation. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Every listen, every share, every review helps others form their own smart tribes where teams are engaged, happy, and optimally performing. Together, you and I can help millions of people crack the behavior code in their organizations, families, and communities. I invite you to take two minutes and head over to smarttribesinstitute.com to discover more about how to form a smart tribe. See you there, and please tell your friends.